on, somebody give Jesus a praise. <clears throat> Come on, somebody praise his name. Lord, we thank you, God. We praise you, Jesus. You are the name that is above every other name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. His name is Jesus. That's the name that we are here to celebrate this evening. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming being a part of our Christmas Eve service as we are looking at, uh, continuing to look at Isaiah uh, and his name shall be called, and there's a lot of names that he can be called, and we've been looking at four names this month, the last couple of weeks, uh, looking at our key verse, um, and the name that Jesus is called, and there are many, many, many names, and he is worthy of all of them, the name of Jesus. And so let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and we look at to our verse that we've been reading the last couple of weeks. And this is Isaiah speaking some 700 years before uh, Jesus was to be born. And Isaiah speaks these words, and he, and he speaks a lot of prophecy. And he says a lot about uh, what was going to happen. He talks about the virgin birth, and he talks about in Bethlehem and in Galilee. And, and that's not to mention all the prophecy that he talks about what he was going to do for us on the cross and all these different things. But this verse right here speaks into who Jesus was going to be to Israel and then even to us, the ends of the world. And he says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says, For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. What wonderful names, good names that he is called. And it's what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. First of all, he is called our wonderful counselor. He not only has the words of life, he is the word of life. He speaks to us through his teachings. He breathes life into us. And we are so thankful for that. That we look in the book of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And a few verses later it says that the Word became flesh. And that is Jesus. Jesus comes in flesh as the Word of God. And he begins to speak uh, things that no one had ever heard of. Uh, many of the people said, how does this man speak with such authority? Because they were used to listen to the rabbis that they had. They said, this man speaks with authority. And why do they say that? Because he is the word of life. And so he began to speak these teachings, and he began to say that I'm the light of the world. And he says, come unto me, those who are heavy burdened, and all these different things. And he began to speak these words. And so what we need to do is understand that he is our wonderful counselor. And so as we are walking through our life, we have to listen to him. We have to obey his teachings because he's the one that speaks life into us. And how do we do that? The easiest way, the best way to do that is to read this right here. The Word of God, the Bible. Go ahead and say amen to that. Amen. Every day. You're like, every day? Every day. I'm not going to let you off the hook and say a couple of times a month is fine. Every day we read from the wonderful counselor. And we have the chance to do that and to, and, and to have him speak into our hearts and life as our wonderful counselor. Because we are going to get influence from someone or somewhere, something. And so if we are not getting the word of life into our life, then the world is going to get into our life. 
And we're going to start thinking like the world thinks instead of thinking the way that God wants us to think. He is our wonderful counselor. Then he says that he is going to be a mighty God and not just a man. Yes, he's going to be a human man with blood and bone, um, but that not just a human, but he is God. He is God. And the mighty works that he did point to that. There were many rabbis and many people who spoke and had great things to say and even got a following and all these things. And there were even some people who, who did what seemed to be amazing stuff, but no one came like Jesus did. No one uh, healed the, the leprous, the lame, the blind who walked on water, who said, what, there's 5,000 people here and all I have is a Lunchable? Don't worry, I got this. Okay? Uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. No one else did anything like this. And this, this mighty works and these mighty acts pointed to the fact that he was more than just a man. He's not just a human, not just a human like us, maybe something a little bit better than us. He was, is, and will always be God. He is a mighty God. Then it says that he is our everlasting father. Now this is not... Um, some sort of commentary on the Trinity. He's not speaking to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's not what Isaiah is talking about here. What Isaiah is talking about is that as a father, he's the perfect reflection of the Father, but he is also our creator. And as our creator, he fathers us and he leads us and he guides us. He takes care of us and our needs. He disciplines us when we need it. And sometimes we need it right? And a good father does that. He straightens us up and puts us on the, the right path, uh, the way that we need to go. He is what a good father is supposed to be. We, many times, are not a good representation of what a good father is. Even the good ones get it wrong sometimes. We're human. Hi, nice to meet you. But Jesus not only was a good father to us, and that he is our creator, he takes care of us, he is everlasting. Forever before time, forever after time, he will never leave you, never forsake you. He is a good father and an everlasting father to us Amen. as our creator. So Isaiah says he is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting father. And he is our prince of peace. And that's what we're going to talk about here tonight. Our prince of peace. As we celebrate this time that Jesus came into a dark, dark world. Amen? He brings peace to us. And what exactly does that mean? And it means several things, but in many cases there's a primary reason and then there are many secondary reasons as well. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is because we focus a lot on the secondary reasons, which is good and that's, that's part of it. But there is a primary reason of why he's called the Prince of Peace. And I want us to make sure that we understand what that is. And so that's what we're looking at here today. He is our Prince of Peace. And so if you're here today and you are in a state of confusion or chaos or darkness or whatever it is, I'm here to share with you the Prince of Peace. In Luke chapter 2, if you want to turn there, that's fine. I'm going to be in several uh, verses as well to kind of support this. But I want to look at a, a portion of the Christmas story, a very familiar portion of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Um, if you've heard the Christmas story once, you've heard of this. We sing songs about it. We know this uh, passage of Scripture very well. 
Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the last couple of weeks, I've shown a movie clip, or at least movie images. I'm not showing you a movie image here this week, because this right here is its own movie, okay? Because you've got the shepherds, and they're just doing their shepherding thing. Maybe they're sitting around a fire, uh, the sheep are going to sleep, or maybe there's a few of them still eating, uh, but they're talking maybe about where they're going to walk the next day to find some food, and they're just sitting around the fire singing country songs and eating beans, I guess. That's maybe what they did. I don't know. But we got these shepherds, and they're just kind of there. And then all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord just appears. Angel of the Lord appears, and there's this glory of the Lord that is around. And so all the CGI that Marvel could make would not even come close to what this looks like, okay? Uh, So you've got this angel of the Lord, and you've got the glory of the Lord is just shining around this one angel. At, At the moment, there's just one angel. And the shepherds probably reacted maybe the same way that you would react, that they were afraid. What is going on? And this is, this is humans, and God knows humans, that when we can either, we don't understand something, we don't know what's going to happen, or something is out of our control, we become afraid. Do we not? We become afraid. And so this angel of the Lord says to them what most of the time in Scripture, whenever an angel speaks to a human, most in the Scripture, he says this in verse 10, Luke chapter 2, verse 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. The first words out of the angel's mouth are very peaceful words, are they not? I know that just me being here makes you afraid. You don't know what's about to happen. You don't know what I am. You don't know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. Am I an alien? What's going on here? Do not be afraid. Maybe you've come here today and you are in a season the next couple of months. You don't know what's going to happen. There are some things that are out of your control. You don't know what's going on. I would tell you in the same vein of what the angel is telling them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And we're going to find out why. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. So he says, I got good news. I've got good news for you. Don't you hate it when people come up and say, I got good news and I got bad news? (laughs) There's no bad news. It's just, I got good news for you. I got good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be not just for you, but will be for all the people. For to you today is born a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. What great, wonderful news that it is. And then, then what happens next is kind of where this, this movie takes off a little bit. Verse 13. Suddenly there was an angel, with the angel, excuse me, a multitude of heavenly hosts. So there was one angel. Glory of the Lord shone. And now we have multitude of angels. I don't know if the shepherds were more peaceful or less peaceful at that. I don't know. But here come the multitude of angels. Heavenly hosts, and they come flying in, and they're praising God, and they're saying, and and whether you've been to church or not, 
you, you know what the angels sang. We, we sing it in Christmas carols. Some of you have it crocheted on a pillow. I don't know. But it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus Christ came, and his, he is the gift to us. And part of that gift is that he brings us peace. On the earth, peace. What peace is he bringing? To finish the story, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. It's interesting that they didn't say that this angel or these multitude of angels told us that the Lord had told to us. And so they understand that the Lord uses angels to speak to his people sometimes. And there's, God's going to speak to us in, in many different ways. But he says, what I'm bringing you, or what Jesus is bringing you, is peace on earth. What, what does that mean, peace? Many times when, when we think of peace, we think of just a nice, relaxing day. The kids get along with each other. Don't know how that happened, but praise the Lord. And... Uh, I don't have to work that day. I don't have to worry about stuff. I get a day off. Ah, it's peaceful. Now, that might be one of those secondary things that comes along. Um, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus did not come 2,000 years ago so that you could have a day off every now and again. Okay? That's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. That might be part of it down the road. But there's a different kind of peace than what we're talking about. So what... What, is it, what do we mean by peace here? Well, let's go back to when Isaiah talked about it. Isaiah said, a child is born to us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. As Isaiah was writing this scripture, there was turmoil in Israel. If you know this time, this is 700 years before Christ, about 300 years after David and Solomon. When David and Solomon was here, Israel was at its finest, and they were thriving, and everything was great. But after, especially after Solomon... There were ups and downs depending on the leader of Israel. Many of you know this. Most of the time was down because the kings of that time were allowing the other nations to influence them. Once again, let's do that here today. Wonderful counselor. Read, read the book, not the world. Okay, Same thing happened to them. They were allowing the outside world to influence them. And so there were ups and downs, mostly downs. And there was darkness and there was confusion and there was sin on the earth. Really, since the garden, there has been darkness and sin and confusion and chaos. Really, even in Genesis 1, uh, verse 2, it says that the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters and there was chaos. And then God spoke into existence, let there be light, and there was order. So when Jesus speaks and there's light, the opposite of that is chaos and darkness. And so he came to speak against that. When Jesus came at night, there was light into the world of darkness. In Isaiah's day, you've got darkness and you've got sin uh, and you've got confusion. They didn't know uh, at the Israelites at that time if one nation was going to take them over. In fact, in a short 130 years after Isaiah, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar would come in and the Babylonians and uh, you know, Daniel and Shadrach and all those people that happened. Completely run over Israel was. Because they did not follow the wonderful counselor. They didn't follow the mighty God. They didn't follow. And so there was sin and darkness, chaos all over the world. Some of you, you watch the news. 
And you see sin and darkness and chaos all over the world. And even at that time, when the shepherds were just kind of hanging out, they're doing their own thing. Rome was in charge and nobody, none of the Jewish people really liked that Rome was in charge. They were sinful people and they allowed the Jews to kind of do their own little thing there. But you're under our rule. You're under our thumb. Okay. And they didn't like that. They didn't like the darkness. They didn't like any of that. that They had to follow some of the Roman rules at that time. They didn't like that. And they wanted peace. Now, they wanted deliverance from Rome, but Jesus came to give an even greater peace than that. In this sin and in this darkness and in this chaos, Jesus was born. And what he did, who he was, the sinless life that he lived, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, being ascended to the Father, what he did was brought us peace with God. Because the darkness and the sin was inside of us. The chaos was inside of us. And there was no way that we, no way that we could be reconciled to, the God, to, to God. Yes, there were sacrifices and those were temporary, uh, 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 what, what God allowed to happen. But they um, did not do the job. They had to do it year after year after year. But when Jesus came, it was one sacrifice for all. And so this sin and this darkness that's inside of us, there's nothing that we can do about it. But when Jesus came, what that peace was is that we were, as Colossians says, enemies with God. What Ephesians said, that we were dead in our transgressions. We are literally at war with God inside of ourselves, in ourselves, in sin. But when Jesus came completely dispels and sends away that, that sin and that darkness and that confusion. And now we can be reconciled or brought back together with our creator, God. That's the peace that he's talking about. There was war between humanity, earth, and God. Jesus enters and brings us together, and that brings peace. That's the peace of what he's talking about. And so... When Jesus came and he's talking to all of his disciples and he's saying all of these, all of these things, he says, listen, when you accept me, um, people aren't going to like it. In fact, they're going to throw you out of the synagogue. In fact, they're going to hate you because of me. Some of you, you're not going to like the way that, that they're going to kill you and martyr you. Paul, when he became a Christian, before he was a Christian, he was actually on easy street. It was, it was pretty peaceful for him. He was rising in Judaism. He becomes a Christian. Now, nobody likes him. He's stoned. He's flogged. He's shipwrecked. He's put in prison. You say, that doesn't sound very peaceful to me. Because the peace that Jesus brought was not just a day off. It wasn't easy street. What it was, was reconciliation with God the Father. That's the peace that he brings. The war that's going on inside of us is, is thrown away. And now we can be reconciled with our Savior. He says in John chapter 16, he says, I've told you these things. He's, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about how he has, to, he has to be crucified and that the Holy Spirit is going to come. He says, I tell you all these things so that in me you may have a plan. So that you may have understanding. So that you may have some strength. So that you may... No. So that you may have peace. 
even while you're thrown out of the Sanhedrin, even while people will despise you, you're going to have peace. How is he able to say that? Because even in the midst of all of this, they are reconciled to God and he is with them every step of the way. It's that peace. That's the peace that he's talking about. He says, I, I, I say that, uh, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. And we're shocked every time we have trouble, aren't we? We're shocked. God, I'm a Christian. Make my life easier. He says, in this world, you will, not you might, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Whatever they want to do to you, throw you out of the Sanhedrin, stone you, crucify you upside down like Peter, whatever they're going to do to you, you can have peace because I'm walking with you and because you have been reconciled to the Father. What's the worst they can do? Kill you? Great. You live in eternity in heaven. That's, the, like, that's what they can do to you? That's all they can do to you? That's peace. Do to me whatever you want to, world. And I, 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 why am I hammering on this point? hammering on this point because that is the primary reason. There are secondary reasons, which we'll get to in just a second, that he brings us peace. But we want to focus on, sometimes, the secondary reasons. And we're like, you know, God, uh, you know, I'm in this circumstance. Why can't you just give me some peace? And it's like, God gave you peace. In this circumstance, he's going to be walking with you. But many times, and maybe you're watching online here today, and you're just watching a Christmas service because that's what you're supposed to do around Christmas time. Or maybe you're here tonight and you have doubts about Jesus because there's a circumstance in your life that is, that is causing you pain, that is causing you some rejection, that is causing you some whatever it may be. And your response is, where are you, God? God says, I've, I've been, been with you for 2,000 years. I, I'm here. I'm here. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome the world and I'm with you. Don't look at a, at a temporary circumstance and forget the fact that I've brought you peace. I'm with you. You know that I'm with you. And you, because of me, am reconciled to God the Father. Brought back together with Him. Romans 16. Paul says this, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That is a weird sentence, if you think about it. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. You would think that the Bible would say, or that Paul would say, that the God of strength will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of might, the God of miracles, the God of even wrath, the God of, I don't know, something warlike, the God of something awesome will soon crush Satan under your feet. But that's not what Paul says. It's not what the Bible says. It says that the God of peace. And why is that? Because when there's sin and there's darkness and there's pain, how are we supposed to fight that? Jesus fights it with peace. We're told to fight fire with fire. If they're, if they get, if they're mad at you, you get mad at them. If they do you wrong, you do them wrong back. Jesus says, no, 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 we're going to fight that with peace. How do you fight darkness and how do you fight chaos? You fight it with peace. And I'm here to tell you that the God of peace will soon 
crush Satan under your feet. And the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. That's peace. So not only can people not do anything to me to take my peace away, Satan can't do anything against me. That's peace. That's peace. No one can actually do anything to me, really, in any kind of real way. That is peace. This is when Jesus kind of brings us into the fold here and wants us to, to come along with him. John chapter 20. This is right after Jesus is um, uh, crucified and then he raises from the dead and right before he's ascended to the Father. So in this 40-odd years, or 40-odd days here, he, he, uh, he makes himself known to the disciples. On the evening, verse 19, John 20, 19, says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, for fear of the Jewish leaders, here they are, the disciples, they were in fear, Jesus came and stood among them, and what did he say? Peace be with you. He's like, guys, 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 why are you falling back into that fear that you humans always do? Peace be with you. And then he says, verse 20, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, I'm going to drive this point home. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So if you have, however you want to word it, ask Jesus into your heart, become a Christian, you're a Christ follower. We believe that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's another thing, different sermon, another time, okay? But all of us, Pentecostal and otherwise, if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And so when he breathed on them the Holy Spirit, he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he says that to the disciples and he said that to us as well. So the peace that God has put inside of us, now he's telling us to be peace to other people. You know, the people outside these four walls, they're walking around in sin and darkness and in chaos. And they don't know what to do. And they're fearful. And they act and they react because of their fear. And so we are supposed to be the peace in their life. Show Christ the peace through us to be the peace in their life. So then, okay, this is how we treat each other. Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, I mean, sometimes it's not possible, but if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is how we treat each other as Christians. We live at peace with each other. There's sometimes that there's stuff we've got to talk about, and that's fine. But at the end of the conversation, there's peace. There's solution. There's all of this. Why? Because Christ is living inside of us, the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. you this is how you are to create each other. We are Christians and we love each other, but then also outside of these four walls as well, if you are treating other people with love and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Does it seem like that there's always chaos and darkness around you? It may be that Satan is attacking you. Absolutely a possibility. But it may also be that you are not treating and acting in love and peace. You're not being that representative that Christ has asked you to be, right? And so 
If that peace is living inside of us, then it goes out to everybody else. There's darkness. There's chaos. How do we dispel that? We bring peace. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Listen, there's going to be some that's out there. They're going to have deceit. They're going to do their thing. They're going to talk behind your back. They're going to do, they're going to do that thing. That's fine. You promote peace, and you'll find out that you will have joy. You will have joy in all of this. Last verse. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. That, you know, there's darkness living, supposedly living inside of me. That there's sin, and there's all this stuff. I don't understand how just asking Jesus into your heart and supposedly he gives you this invisible peace and now all of a sudden you just like float on a cloud everywhere. Like what's going on here? Like that's what happens. Philippians 4, 7, our last verse says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding or which passes all understanding. That means that there is a limit to your and to my understanding. There's a limit to your and my knowledge. There's a limit to it. But there is a peace that transcends, passes all understanding. That you're not going to know, you're not really going to understand it until you experience it for yourself. That when you ask Jesus into your heart, when you turn down the influence of the world in your life and what the world says, and you turn up the influence of God in your life, there is a, a weird peace that comes over you knowing that your Creator is with you and you have been brought back together with Him. It is a peace that passes and transcends all understanding. And what does it do? It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the heart, your passions, who you are, and your mind, what you think about. We've been listening to the world, and I think this way. And what I don't realize is that it's darkness, chaos, and sin. But as soon as I give my heart to the word of life, and I listen to his wonderful counsel, which brings me life, and I listen to the mighty God who is more than just a man, but is God. And I listen to my everlasting Father who loves you, who is never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. Yeah, but you don't know all the sins I've done and what I... Never leave you, never forsake you. Just turn back to Him. He's an everlasting Father. And yes, He is the Prince of Peace. If you're here today, maybe you're watching online. You've come up with the reasons and the excuses of why you are not a Christian. You've walked away. You're not living for him. I would want to ask you, don't you miss him? We were all created in his image. His writing is on our lives. Don't you miss the peace that he brings? Can we stand this morning? I'm sorry, this evening. We stand this evening. 
And I want to do this. We're going to sing a couple of Christmas carols. We're going to worship the Lord, absolutely, because he is worthy of praise as our Prince of Peace. But I'd like everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I want to ask, if you're here tonight, however you want to word it, word it in your way, but there is sin and darkness and chaos that you have accepted into your heart and your life, and you would say, I'm not living for that Christ. Maybe one day I did back a long time ago. I said a prayer 10 years ago, whatever. But right now, I've got to be honest with myself, and I'm not feeling peace. I'm feeling darkness, and I'm feeling pain, and I'm feeling turmoil and and confusion and darkness. I don't know who I am and what I'm doing and purpose of life, and I just can't seem to get it right, and there's just something missing in my heart. In just a minute... I want to pray for you. Here's, here's, here's what I want you to do. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I think we need to make a step toward the Lord, a, a, an outward step. But I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to tell me all your sins. That's not what this is, okay? All I'm going to ask you to do in just a second is to raise your hand because I want to know who I'm praying for this week. And I'm going to pray for you this week. And we're all going to pray together and then we're going to sing some worship songs together. So if you're here tonight and you would say, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, you're here tonight and you say something to the effect of, I am not living for this Prince of Peace. And I want to do that. I want to live for Christ, give my life to Christ. Would you lift your hand this evening? I want to pray for you. Absolutely. Two hands. Anybody else? Three. Anybody else? Four. Five. Six. Anybody else? Lord is calling to you. Come home. He's got his arms wide open for you. As the father had his arms wide open, the prodigal son thought that he wasn't worthy to even be a servant in his father's household. He says, come and be an heir. Come be part of my house. Six hands have lifted up. I want to give another minute. You say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to live for the Prince of Peace. Take away the darkness, the sin in my life. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to pray. You know, you know your life. You know what's going on. So here's what you do. You pray. You say, God, I am sorry for this. And, and, and say the sin, at least in your head. Say it. God, I'm sorry for this. This is what's keeping me away. This is what's making me enemies with God. God, I'm sorry for this. God, I pray that you would change my heart, change my decisions, change my life, change everything, and I want to follow you. That's what you pray, all right? Church, can we lift our voices and let's pray for these these six people that lifted their hands. God, we pray. You begin to pray, and those six people especially, pray to the Lord. Lord, we come to you tonight saying thank you 
Thank you for being our wonderful counselor, for being our mighty God, for being our everlasting Father and our Prince of Peace. What we're celebrating here is more than toys and gifts and songs, or we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ and that you came to bring us back in right relationship with our Creator. And God, I pray for those six that raise their hand as they give their life to the Lord. For whatever reason, they've stepped away or they've turned away slightly. God, we come back to you. God, we give you our decisions. We give you our lives. Lord, in the name of Jesus, lead us, guide us. God, I pray for that peace that passes all understanding. Quiet the darkness and the sin that is in our life. And help us to run back to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow, what a great night tonight. Have you had fun tonight already? Thank you. To those six... I'm praying for you this week. Please let us be a good church and a good family to you as well. We want to be here with you and for you and help you. Can you help us to do that? And church, we can be that, right? For anyone who walks through this door. Because there was once sin and darkness and chaos inside of us, wasn't there? And someone shared with us the life-giving presence of God. So God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. He's our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, and our prince of peace. And so many other names as well. God, we lift you up. We praise you. We say thank you. And we love you. We love you. Help us to remember that tonight and tomorrow, this whole season is about you. It's about you. And we love you. And we lift you up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.